0: Welcome to the new Music Conversation podcast right behind us. I'm your host, Brandon Daniel of the Seattle band Beattie and the Sheiks. Here we talk to recording artists the way we often do when we're playing a show together, giving you, the listener, an opportunity to hear your favorite artist or next favorite artist speak candidly about their music, their process, challenges and limitations, things that suck, and things that are amazing. Today, I am glad to tell you that we are speaking with Kevin Murphy of the Moondoggies, And uh, Kevin was hilarious. I haven't actually previously met him before, but uh, we had a lot to share together uh, relating to touring and recording. Usual stuff for the show, but unique coming from a mind like his. And it was a lot of fun. We also get to share with you some Moondoggy's music. One of the songs uh, that I'm going to close out the conversation with was a song that uh, Kevin specifically requested I play called Roll Away. And the other song is a song called Undertaker, which was a hit for them um, a couple of years back. So let's check that out and get into it. Before we do, I got to tell you about our sponsor today, Blumenstein Audio. Check out Blumenstein Audio for the Ultimate Fidelity single driver speakers, subwoofers, and audio accessories for music lovers. Blumenstein is delivering a new line of killer speakers right now for the holiday season, like the new paired speakers, the Marlin, which is the evolution of their Orcas, also the new Full Range, the Triton, and the Benthic Bass Unit. They've handcrafted their entire line here in Washington State since 2006 from Bamboo and Birch Woods. Receive a 10% discount on your order when you enter the promo code BD for Brandon Daniel on checkout at BlumensteinAudio.com, that's B-L-U-M-E-N-S-T-E-I-N-Audio.com. All right, now for the moon doggies. Ooh.
1: Ooh. Oh, when that old world died, I went looking for a place to hide. Cause I can't fight I ain't betting on a worried hand I keep walking through a worried lane just ones where it's like we'd be driving in the van. Yeah. And it'd be like the one person was really quiet. Uh-huh. And so like the driver would have to have the remote or like the volume. <laughs> yeah. So it'd be like person asked the question and it's like, turn it up. Person and you know like in a totally back there. Like, oh. like yeah. Would just...
0: yeah. I, I that's so that's so funny. That's totally how I got started listening to podcasts too. It was from Tori. And uh I mean initially it was uh, Mark Maron, and, um... There's a couple that were popular, like, three, four years ago that are, aren't are around anymore. Hmm. You know? Um, so I don't even know what they all were. Uh, but, anyway, got addicted to Marin's one, and then oh, I've yeah. been listening to a lot of, like, The
1: Nerdist, and, um... Off Camera is a good one. I, I like Nerdist. I feel like they, uh... They interject a lot, and it's like, Mm -hmm. sometimes I just want, um, I just want to hear the person, like, it'll be like, they had, like, Harrison Ford, and there's like, they're all freaking out, because it's like Star Wars, and then, but, you know, they'd be talking to him, and I'd be like, let him finish! Yeah. The (laughs) only one where they didn't was, like, Paul McCartney. They're just like, (laughs) I can't, I didn't even know Paul McCartney was on that. I kind of, I got a little frustrated, where I was like, I... I couldn't listen to it because of that. But I heard some good interviews. And then um, there was... Uh, or the, the two main ones, I think, are the, are Bill Burr and uh, Maren, for me.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> um, oh, Bill Burr has his own? Yeah, Bill Burr is pretty amazing. He's oh. um, very... Uh, I feel like if if you just were to listen to like him to just come in at the wrong time, you'd mm-hmm. be like, Well, Bill Burr's kind of fucked up. Uh Uh-huh, yeah. But he's always, you know, kind of, he gets into those characters and is doing, like, devil's advocate. And uh, he reminds me a lot of my friend Nick, where he just gets, he just goes off on these tangents and he starts cracking himself (laughs) up. And it's just, like, absurd. Yeah. But he's always, like, and he's like, I'm an idiot, I'm really dumb, but I always feel like he's a lot smarter than most people because he's aware of, you know, like, he's really, like, eh, what do I know? Or I don't actually, you know, but where most people just try to pretend they know a lot more than they do or something. And Builder's is yeah. like a lot more like, this shit's pretty fucked up, right? Yeah. yeah. And it's like, that's all I really wanted someone to say, you know, a lot of the time. It's like, this isn't right. You know, uh-huh. Someone, or just admitting that you're like, this is something you should actually probably know more about.
0: Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm terrible at interjecting. And part of, part of the reason that I referred to this, you know, show is more of a conversation than an interview. Uh, one is because I didn't really want to do interviews. I don't really like doing them myself mm-hmm. as a musician. Um, so I wanted to kind of get away. With Your band's more like tandem. a mix. Uh, <laughs> yeah, this meets that. <laughs>
1: yeah. It's like this married that. What? <laughs> what kind of? What style do you guys call yourselves? <laughs> I like you uh, because I I don't know what you call yourself, but I think you're kind of like new uh, retro folk, new wave retro folk, I don't know, whatever, well, you, um,
0: well, to complete my thought, it was just that, also, I'm just terrible at interjecting, like, I'm kind of just as bad, I was irritated with the nerds guys, too, and still, until I started doing this, I'm like, oh, shit, it really is hard to not, like, musician to musician, just kind of, like, bounce ideas back and forth, you know,
1: so... I feel. Like, I think. Sure. Uh, I. Th- I feel like the nerdists, Like those guys get really n- nervous, and that's why they're just like, huh, yeah, hey, yeah. Uh, should I, I should say something there? You know, you just want them to like, just calm down. Yeah, let's calm down. It's kind of like. Uh, I. I love Stephen Colbert, but when he was doing this character, his interviews mm. were awful. Mm-hmm. I mean, they were great, but they were mm-hmm. also like. Sometimes he would have because they were so short because it's like a half hour show, and sometimes he'd be like. Oh man, that person didn't really say anything. <laughs> yeah, because like now yeah. he can actually be himself and talk to him because he's really awesome. But um, and he's he's so smart and has these great conversations. But I always felt like on his show, I'd be like, "Oh, this person's on the show tonight," yeah. and he's just doing that character. And uh, you
0: like... know, it's funny. His show is kind of bumming me out now, though. The new one. Do you th- do you not want to know him? <laughs> no, I I think I like the guy. He's just being too happy-go-lucky and so is his band like what the dark. fuck is up with his band like the guy with the yeah with the key flute thing what do you call those i know yeah i know, you know i know, you know exactly what I'm you're talking? saying
1: yeah. I, I i feel like that the way i looked at that was i was like they'll settle in yes. and they're just like they're super stoked once right. they get like three four years in it's kind of like fallon or something where you're right. watching it you're like yeah. can't watch this. this he was the same so way. Bad. He got in a rhythm and now his goofiness is acceptable. Yeah. But at first, first it was th- too much. I watched. Yeah, I remember watching that first episode and I was like, Oh god, this yeah. is not good. And I think he was like Robert De Niro was on it and he was like Yeah, good luck, basically. Like <laughs> it was bad. It would be it would be a, a shitty job
0: to have to do five nights a week or whatever it is four nights a week I
1: mean some people are wired like that because I remember mm-hmm. it's like Conan and stuff yeah. I think they're like built for that and and because uh, I remember the 10th anniversary special I loved Conan grown up and yeah uh, they showed him as like a kid and he was like interviewing his siblings and he's just like that's <laughs> the way he's wired so they'd be good at it I, I definitely I mean I wouldn't. I'd just be like what's up? Right. Well, I mean, and that's
0: another thing about the show is like, I've always been the musician in the green room to like be talking with the other band mm-hmm. and and talking to them about their music. So when I had the idea for the show, it just kind of made sense uh, to my friends. They're like, Oh, of course you're doing that, you know? <laughs> but I enjoyed uh, some of the best music conversations I've had were with other bands that when we ran into each other at the studio or the rehearsal space or, you know, playing a show together or whatever. I mean, I've changed my mind about groups from talking with them, hmm. you know? And, like, so you get a if you get an understanding for how they look at music, how they go about music or whatever, then sometimes it allows you to understand their music better than you would have,
1: you know, if, sure. you, if you hadn't ever. I go, go both ways. I, I feel like, oh yeah, I've been a. I mean, even especially like some of, like even like, well known or, or something like you're just suddenly like, oh no, I didn't want to know that. <laughs> I, I totally wanna... agree. Like I, it's it's, it's a danger to uh, meet your idols. Yep. You know. Just, it's like they say, don't don't do it. Yeah. It can kill, and kill. You know the. Can't listen to them anymore or something. You know, I've been. Yeah. A,
0: I met Josh Homme when I was 22, and that was uh, that, that was pretty close to killing it for me. Oh no! How yeah. what
1: year would that have been?
0: That was the year that he was putting out the the first record without uh, the bass player. The lullabies. Mm-hmm.
1: lullabies.
0: Yeah, yeah, and uh, you know he was kind of I don't know that that record was okay, but it wasn't. a...
1: As strong, so yeah, you know. I agree. I mean, I think they do amazing stuff, but I, yeah. those first three records to me are like solid, insane. They're perfect.
0: Did you get into that first record when it when it came out?
1: I got into them at Radar. Oh, okay, um, like two thousand one or something.
0: I was. I got into them just just before then, like when the first record came out. I heard the single on the radio. Yeah, because the end was one of the first stations to push it. Because Josh has roots here, yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, and anyway, I was like, this is just killer. Like, I had no idea what Stoner Rock was, what Caius was, any of that stuff. And then uh, I actually, when I talked to Josh, I was like, yeah, dude, I've been into you guys since the first record, and he goes, awesome. You still have it? And I'm like, yeah. And he's like, cool, because it's out of print now. <laughs> but he was he was just nice enough, but it was so close. Because he was ambivalent
1: enough that it was like, I don't know what I really feel about this guy anymore. I get, yeah. I kind of, I, I try to get, I give, it's that weird thing where you're like, you want to give someone the benefit of the doubt, but at mm. the, on the other, because you're like, you know, you don't know what they went through that day or like what they're dealing with or maybe someone's, you know, yelling at them earlier or something. But I always feel like also like, you know, grow the fuck up. Like, it's just like, or like, yeah. it's not that hard to be uh, I've seen people like just like flip suddenly in weird yeah. situations where they they didn't know like or just just seemed like really phony or they were just like you know I don't know like suddenly they realized they could try to get something or, or who you know whatever yeah. people or I just it's just like just be nice like just mm-hmm. or if you're tired you know it's like I try to you know it's like tours grind and you get really burned out but I think you know just being yeah, you know, I've been around people where I'm just like, wonder when that's going to let up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, whatever. I'll just go. I don't, it doesn't matter. So I'm not going to let it affect me.
0: Well, you know, touring is, as you mentioned, you know. Least, are I, we? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, touring is like its own difficult personality complex. I feel like on a on a given tour, three days in and on, You're in such a unique um, level of exhaustion, personal exhaustion, physical exhaustion, that you're a different person, like, hour to hour, you know? You may, like, show up to the venue, like, just totally out of it, and then after the show, be crazy and in love with the world, Mm -hmm. you know, but beforehand like you don't want to talk to anybody you
1: know <laughs> yeah you're just like i just i need to go to the bathroom i need yeah. to eat some food and i don't want to deal with anything or I and you know yeah, there's different points on the tour it depends on like what your home home life is like back home mm-hmm. um i i generally i get really annoyed with band culture mm. like i generally think it's like really obnoxious like in, in respects to in regards to what how seriously people take themselves, like, yeah. how... I feel like it's it's very normal to, you know, it's, like, the years from, uh, like, 20 to 25, you, like, you kind of, like, you might have yourself kind of, like, I think I'm something, you know, I'm doing something, you know, it's kind of, it's just, because um, I do think it's, like, music's really important. It has its, like, it's... its <laughs> I'll never kind of shake that. I do. I know my relationship with it and how significant it is, but the whole like ego of like, m- you know, this is pretty important. I'm kind of a big deal that people. And we live in a music town, so there's like it's everywhere. It's everywhere. And just like the egos, and it, I always think of the um, uh, the the Nirvana song, the school that's about that. You know, mm-hmm. it's just like you're in high school again. Mm-hmm. You know why it was, like, important for me to just know who my friends are and uh, not get absorbed and sucked into the whole thing or the game because people can just not like you the next second or something you know, or whatever. A lot of people, one publication, could be like, they're great. And then, like, a month later, be like, I'm so tired of whatever. And you're oh, just yeah. like, this is all. And it was written by some, like, intern or, like, you know, English <laughs> major who you know, clicked on a SoundCloud and didn't really delve into it, which is fine, but um, they don't really No, it's not fine. (laughs) Well, yeah, I'm just saying it is how it is. It is how it is, exactly. I I don't, and I used to maybe internalize it more, like Mm. I could read something or, and I don't even try to look at anything ever, but um, when I did, or my mom would be like, I read this and it was whatever. Oh, yeah. Uh, And I just feel like this whole thing where I'm like, who cares? Like, what's the big deal? People are over-intellectualizing it. They're talking about movements all the time. And they talk about trends. uh, And they say something's old that's like 30 years old. And you're like, that's not old. Yeah. People play classical music and it's like, what are these old people doing? You know, it's like, (laughs) it's just such a weird, fickle thing to talk about and discuss. And they... It's like ad nauseum, like, what they run into the ground discussing it. And it just, to me, is just all nonsense. Because it's like, yeah. it is, like, you, uh, it's music, it's people. It's very important when when you're in it, and you're pro- you know, with your friends, and you're connecting, yeah. and it's this thing in the, in the basement or whatever, and then you take it out. And it's, to me, as simple as that, and it's kind of an intangible thing. It's just all the little, all the noise pollution surrounding it, and then people who are, like you know obsessed with you know I've had I've had I've been in conversations where someone's just like Yeah, networking with you or whatever and I was just like it's uh, not weird just talking yeah. and you're like well fuck this like I don't want to I don't I'm not interested in anything than just like shooting shit you know like you're yeah. talking about the the green room concept uh, it has gone both ways you know for yeah, sure where I'm sure. just like what the fuck is this or what's that person's hang up and you know and the grind of tour it's uh people tour differently it was hard for us to realize that it wasn't saturday night every night oh god yeah you know that's and you definitely start getting sick and you're like, oh yeah oh man this is One of my... i remember watching other bands like exercise <laughs> i was like oh that's how you maintain yeah you know yeah you don't you can't you know burn out or just go so intense and um I definitely I did that for a lot of years where I just go full blast but then you know shows can suffer even the writing and the music can kind of uh, take a back seat because here, and that's the yeah. thing I think people get infatuated with and romanticize and you know the idol worship of everything and uh, I just got tired of a lot of the conversations that I was getting into <laughs> you know
0: yeah no I do understand that um It is really a a, a big bummer when you start talking with a band and, and you, you know, you're on the road and you get to a show, you start talking with them and you realize what fucking idiots they are. (laughs) You're just like, oh shit, now I gotta, now I gotta be around this.
1: Yeah. But on (laughs) the other, on the other hand, like you can also be around people who I felt like have taught me these kinds of like, uh, like just take it easy, you know, just, just
0: yeah, right. I mean, I imagine Rose Windows was a nice group to tour with. Like, I actually just talked to Christopher from Dreamhouse and Rose mm-hmm. Windows uh, two days ago, and he was com- he was complimenting you and your band on just how awesome of a live show you guys yeah, have, nice. and you know, apparently you guys toured together. Yeah, that
1: was a lot of fun. That was a, we did a month like two years ago. Um, and yeah that was that and that was kind of a rough one that was mm-hmm. like uh, there was good nights and then and that's the thing that like, people those spinal tap moments that people don't really like to talk about where you're mm-hmm. like we showed up in detroit and the show was advertised like the net for the next night oh yeah and like goblin was playing downstairs and they're so loud and <laughs> we have more band members and audience by far and they were a big band but i mean i'm talking like four people came to the show wow and then the guy goes i had a bunch of friends coming but uh i think it's tomorrow you know it's like oh man yeah
0: i missed a show by an hour getting (laughs) getting over to uh kansas city we just
1: go on later
0: i had to drive fucking kansas city from denver with the band you know that's like the worst stretch in the entire fucking u.s we
1: had a deer in kansas city did you oh yeah just, I, could,
0: I I would be happy to hit a hillbilly in kansas <laughs> yeah um,
1: I, I totally agree that that kind of area and that it just and there's like certain areas so
0: ugliest drive
1: oh yeah you're just like i don't know I, it's kind yeah. of nice to be out of your element but then also it gets kind of like oh I, I appreciate this area so much more when i come home like right yeah man there's nothing there's nothing like it i could i'll compare it to like you know parts of wyoming and all that Mm. it's just like gorgeous
0: yeah wyoming's cool to drive through too
1: you know like it's 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 a little ominous that might have been the prettiest drive i've ever seen because we were in like three drastically different environments within Mm -hmm. one drive and i remember at one point it was like yellow fields and then like beautiful sunny sky and it was still raining on our it felt like it was just raining on our car but it was like blue as, as far as i can see oh, and yeah. this was like this is just one of the most surreal drives I've ever had yeah
0: and then the mountains are off to like your right if you're going south and
1: yeah we were just, going through like yellowstone and yeah yeah we were doing like the jackson hole and all that and uh i just i was blown away yeah you also like discover uh you know
0: i mean the whole tradition of the family road trip starts to make a lot of you know cross-country road trip starts to make sense because you're like the things we get to see just you know learning how to deal
1: with each other too like yeah that could be that's something you don't know and i think is always shaky the first couple times yeah because you're like all right like me i i they would always i always i needed the alone time especially early on and they would kind of and I wouldn't communicate very well, I think, and so they would just be like, "What the hell is this problem?" But I'd just be like, "I need to get away."
0: Well, different band members cause that. Like uh, Aaron Schroeder was from Buildings. Do you know him? Mm-hmm. Um, he's uh, kind of a, a staple in the in the in our scene in Seattle. But you know, it's
1: I'm bad with names. I'm people very familiar people with who people who know sounds. him
0: know him from recording with him. So that's yeah. usually why. But anyway, he, he's he's a big character and a great guy. I love him. But he was, and he's a lot of fun for a night, you know. <laughs> and and I'm and i and I'm really, I have this weird thing where every time I'm around him, I'm like contrarian to him. So it's like, you know, just whatever. If he's up, I'm down, you know. <laughs> and, balance. Yeah. And so I found that like when I was on tour with him, because he used to be in the Sheiks, that it was like, I mean, he did make a lot of times more fun than they would have been, but there were a lot of times I just got burnt out. And then when I went, when we had a a different guy replace him, suddenly I wasn't so easily burnt out. And again, I mean, I love him like a brother still to this day, but it's just like, you can just tell there's just certain personality types that you just shouldn't be in a van for, <laughs> you know, I felt like I did the same thing to him, you know, so it's
1: i feel really fortunate because all the guys that I, I play with i grew up with and we we're always oh, kind of friends first yeah like carl didn't play the drums until we started the band and so like we when i i feel like dealing with or seeing other bands or like mm-hmm. just like you know quote musicians or something yeah I, I feel even like the times i've tried to play with other people i just i can't it's really frustrating and yeah. there is that kind of like uh and I've been there, I mean, I'm not saying, because we, I think there was a point in time where we probably might have taken pride in, in how much we could, much more we could drink than other bands or something. Oh, and, right, right. But there's like, this is, ju- there's also this juvenile thing that can come out that um, <laughs> I've been, but I've also like, I think now, I mean, like, it's kind of like the, you never want to be the, I've never been like the, what did we do? What did we destroy? Yeah. You know, yeah. it's like the, just. Oh man, we stayed up way too late. Yeah. We were talking or whatever. That person almost got in that fight. That was kind of fucked up. But, you know, not generally too uh, nuts. I guess we did on that Rose Windows tour have a, a band member arrested. So I. Uh... Oh
0: shit, what happened?
1: Well, he was just. They call it liquid, liquid littering, but it was like Willoughby, Ohio. He was uh, just taking a piss. And it was the cop just like walks up to him and it was like a fluid motion. He just goes what uh do you think what you're doing right now is uh is wrong sir and he just goes no and he's like turn around <laughs> and throws him cuffs him throws him in the car and it's like three in the morning but i'm just i just mean like it's i guess there's a certain uh level of uh people find it like it's an excuse to go crazy or they they forget why they're doing it it's just like this more yeah. like yeah. i'm gonna act like an asshole and embarrass my friends yeah <laughs>
0: Yeah, and yeah, because you know you you know that they're stuck with you anyway. I've definitely <laughs> done that. Yeah,
1: it's like, dude, this is the best time, and you're like, yeah, you're you played like shit, <laughs> and then you had a good time getting drunk or something. It's yeah. like that kind of mentality, and we haven't luckily had too much of that. I think everyone has their their bad night or bad yeah. couple nights, and then everyone you know bursts and looks around at everyone and they acknowledge it, and it's like let's actually try not to be the big pile of shit when we've come all this way to perform and, and people... Because we don't have, like, a huge following, so there's, like... But there's some people who are like, man, I didn't know you guys would ever come here and this is awesome. And right, right, right. Let's not be... Uh, even if it is is four people, let's try not to just, you know, shrug it off or...
0: Yeah. Well, and, I mean... It's interesting because, like, I didn't even listen to the Moon Doggies until this year because there was such a um, hype about you guys for a couple of years that you know happens to us as musicians. Like when there's like hype around a group, you're just like, eh, what? You know, like whatever. What Could <laughs> they? What they be doing i not. Uh,
1: whatever. I'm not. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I know what you mean. I. I. I think everyone can get kind of uh, lumped into the like just. I don't think there's anything wrong with being totally um, consumed with what your thing is too. So it's right, just like a, right. everyone's getting kind of like psyched about something. Yeah, I, I mean, I did the same thing with Fleet Foxes. I was sure. like, you know, because it was the same time. So yeah. it was like, um, oh, whatever. And I was like, oh, they're like a soft version. They are not. They don't have enough dirt. Right. Um, And then I just realized, oh, I love these songs where I think he's a really talented and, and songwriter and then uh, mm-hmm. I think part of that was just because you are it's its kind of learning how to get out of the traps of like comparing or, yeah. or doing anything because um, everyone's wired differently and has different um, you know what they what they love and it's just absurd mm-hmm. to, to get into those games and to yeah. be and it's, and it's music again it kind of goes back to what we were talking about earlier it's just like it's so trivial to be and that mindset, especially because you're missing out on stuff that you can, uh, is is great or singing, yeah, uh, it's something you can get something from. I think I was seeing, I saw him live, and that was when I was just like, oh, right. I'm being a, I'm a, I'm an idiot. Like yeah, they they got they, that guy can write beautiful songs. Right, right, yeah. Um, it is
0: is pretty potent stuff. Um, you know, just nothing else. Just like melodically, it's insane. You know.
1: Because it's like, you know, I, I, you can get... I still... I come from, like, um, uh, kind of a harder music background. But I think when I was younger, mm. I, I kind of come full circle. I know there's... There are people who would listen to this and be like... Yeah. But, I mean, like, in, to me, relatively, like, you know, growing up on, like, the Stooges and stuff. And, totally. And when Fleet Foxes, it's very easy for part of me to just... I think what a lot of people do with the whole, like, folk thing. You know, mm-hmm, where they're just like... Mm-hmm it's not, it doesn't have enough something, but it's not music's, not, music's not meant for that, and it's it's for the, your happy, sad moments, or you're driving along by yourself, and, you know, mm. something, it's these, I think it's weird that people will only listen to certain kinds of music, you know? Yeah. It's like everything has its own place in time. And, and its and own point. mood. Point, and, and I get, and something I realized, too, is, um, if when I don't like something, a lot of times I just don't like it yet. Cause yeah, I'll, totally. first time I ever heard Tom Waits, so I was like, what the fuck? Yeah. And I think I was, and to be fair. I think it was what's he building in there, but, uh, and then you, you hear it at the right time and it's just like, you know, it's a certain point in your life and it's really important yeah. and it yeah. just seems to encapsulate it. And then it's like, Oh, okay. Yeah. This is what that music's for that time or that, that place and so it's yeah it's like a i totally get the like what are people talking about what do they see and then you see it and you're like it's for me it was, yeah it was like kind of coming to the um i don't see it yet but maybe it'll hit me at some point or maybe exactly. never will yeah i have people that I'm, like, I'm still like i have people who we get compared to where i'm still oh. like oh i'm trying but i just I'm not there yet yeah. right
0: right <laughs> well you guys do run the gamut which which makes sense with your rock background and I, I, I usually like to get into that but like um you run the gamut in a nice way where you have i mean some of your most popular songs are your most chilled out folky songs you know thoughtful writing and and all that goodness and then You know, but I can understand why Chris from from Dreamhouse had such a high um, praise of of you as a live band because, you know, you bust out and and rock and roll on on some tracks. Mm -hmm. And that's nice, because I always wondered that about folk groups. I, I talked to somebody recently who was a folk artist. And, uh, but I always wonder, like, dude, I mean, I need to rock sometimes. Like, I really just need that rhythm. I need
1: that speed. I I need to scream. I need to, like, I need to feel, I need to play our songs five times faster. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I need to, you know, we're just, like... Make uh, some people move. I need some chaos. Yeah. 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 I, I, that's the thing. I, we, we, like, I mean, I, I grew up, it was Nirvana Beatles. And so it was, like, um... Then those people, I feel like always, uh, or especially near the end for Nirvana, was like, they embrace that that they are like sometimes I'm like this, sometimes I'm like that, Mm -hmm. and I and both are equally important. Mm -hmm. And um, for like I, we started uh, John, one of the guitarists, and uh, and I, and Bobby would join it later, who plays bass in our band. Started this band in high school called The Familiars, and Mm. we. That's God, a good name. It was, we, it was a uh, Dungeons and Dragons reference, which no one ever got, uh, but we, surprised. we started, we got a little traction, like we were, I was playing clubs and, you know, in Seattle since I, since I was 16, 17, oh, wow. you know, we got like a sit and spin and stuff, sit and spin, I spy, you know, yeah. Zach's when it was before his fun house. like, uh-huh. uh, those kind of places, like we would, and we would, we we got people's attention. A lot of it was because of our lead singer. He was like really crazy, like mm-hmm. very, you know, Iggy Pop kind of inspired. I mean, we were in ultimately trying to cover like MC5 and Stooges, but it was mm-hmm. like, you know, that energy and that chaos and that kind of was set the, the bar for me for like feeling a live show or. Yeah. You know, um, and I remember there were some people kind of sniffing. I remember like, they were like, this guy works at Sub Pop, and we are all like, mm-hmm. oh, this is great, and we just totally collapsed, on you know, like, we just, we stopped kind of even listening, someone brought the band Brown album to practice, and we just realized we were like, because there was like a less is more, and I still, and I, you know, I love all that stuff, but the band, and when I heard the band, I was kind of like, I felt full circle about. I was like, they're playing rock and roll, which is Mm -hmm. the same thing the studios are doing. But they're, like, not... There's, yeah, it's, like, the less is more. They know how to, like... They can be reserved. They can boogie, and they can... To me, it's all the same thing, but it's Mm -hmm. just, like, there's, like, different... I think my uh, speed, it was more in line with when I heard that. Yeah. And so, um, all those things, like... uh, it's like you see again, I, like Nirvana or something. You watch like Unplugged, and, yeah. and that's like um, that. You know, you can tell it's like it's all there, and I it really bumps me out because I wonder what else we would have gotten because it's like that. Yeah, as then that music never gets old to me. Like it's always mm-hmm. it's always good, and uh, but I, I definitely had a realization where we went from like Stooges to like we were going to like they had these bluegrass things in Maltby that we would go check out and it would be all these old timers and then yeah. you know they'd let you get into the circle of the kind of the younger people and it was like going to school for that or something and like realizing how to shut up too mm-hmm. And so I felt I felt like the when we formed uh Moondoggies it was kind of a, well first of all it was kind of at a, a just like desperation and frustration because familiars fell apart I thought I'm nothing I, I was like that was my pinnacle it's all over. I had uh, I got I, I got some blurbs <laughs> in The Stranger. When I, yeah. yeah, and I was like, and that's it, and that's the best I can you know could have hoped for. A lot of mm-hmm. people don't even get that. That's pretty cool. Then um, I moved to Bellingham to learn how to to really kind of try to write songs or just figure out what that was about, and um, just you know had the Task Cam Four track that everyone. Yeah. Had. Did you go for college or? No, my brother went to college. I would. I'd sit. I'd sit around and bum around and go to classes and stuff mm-hmm. and um you know sleep on couches and um and just yeah i met a i met a lot of people that i still associate with or like a um very important crucial time um and wrote a lot of stuff that we like still like this when we write songs like there's some of these ideas still floating and totally. I totally kind of, yeah You kind of cannibalize your whole thing all the time, you know. And um, then I needed to get out of Bellingham and I went to Alaska and even kind of delved in more and got really isolated and um, um, just made tons of tapes, kind of made this, like, studio in the attic and just worked all the time and then come home and, and record... And I would send it to Caleb because him and I had he was kind of helping me figure my stuff out, and he joined a band, and I was totally heartbroken, and I came back, and we were uh, we were living in uh, in Everett, and all uh, Carl and uh, had this house on like Airport Road, which was a total burnout area, mm-hmm. and we would it was just this tons of people lived in this like two bedroom place, and we just sit around and get really drunk and smoke a lot of cigarettes and listen to Ray Cooter and the band and just watch the last waltz every night or something mm, you know that kind mm. of like you know at some point of the night someone put it on and they were all like could barely you know put it in the dvd player <laughs> yeah. and sing and we kind of figured out how to like harmonize and i was like well bobby has all the gear at his uh, house his uh-huh. mom gave him a rhodes for christmas wow and uh Carl, we'd messed around in Bellingham once, like, Carl, you can keep a beat, you're pretty good at it, like, I really need to do something, like, I'm going crazy, I need to, I'm gonna make a solo album, or whatever, Mm -hmm. and, um, and John was still kind of floating around, and I was playing with him, he had been the drummer in The Familiars, and then, uh, yeah, it was totally out of this, like, we kind of just sit in there, and a lot of it was really chill, Mm. And then some of the, like, louder stuff would come out of these, like, frustrated moments. And because I actually, w- and I wasn't going to be the singer. I didn't think I could sing. So I wrote, um, I wrote some songs for our old punk band singer to mm-hmm. sing. Because I was like, he could probably figure out how to be soulful. And, and then he would always kind of be reserved and not really do it. So I was like, I have to, I'll do it. I'll just, mm-hmm. I, I kind of secretly want to, so. hmm I'll just do it and then um, we uh, and I was but I was like I wanted to sing louder stuff and I and I just didn't think I could and I mm-hmm. could, or scream but you know you drink you get some alcohol and you, you have good uh, courage yeah and yeah. you just you know someone seems bored yeah and you get pissed or the band gets loud enough and you're just yeah. like motherfuckers, get into this <laughs> and that's how like I start screaming I was really yeah. screaming at them a lot like Wake the fuck up yeah. sometimes. And then, uh, <laughs> and that's how things kind of boosted like that. And I really wanted it, but I was like, I don't know if we could really pull it off, but I think it was just like, who gives a shit? <laughs> I was listening to uh,
0: the the keyboardist from, God, this is going to be my second time not being able to remember his name. The keyboardist from Tom Petty. Oh, though he was on Mark Marin's podcast? Yeah. yeah. And, you know, Mark Marin was asking him about. Um, you know, like how he plays refugee, you know, thirty thousand times over thirty years or whatever, and and he's like, you know, and I asked him if he ever got bored with it, and he said, "It's happened, but I've noticed that if you get bored, then you're not doing it right," hmm. and so I, I and uh, this is just in reference to the the band being bored thing. So recently we have a a new song. I own a will ever even release because it's unfinished still but it's like two chord um verse very chill and uh and my band member was like i kind of get bored during that part i don't know (laughs) if i like the song song sounds good but you know he gets bored doing that part he's playing the keys i get it and so i foolishly (laughs) tried to remind him of that (laughs) Tom Petty's bit band member quote, you know, if you if you get bored, then you're doing something wrong.
1: <laughs> Didn't really work with him but hey man, tomorrow never knows is one chord. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, are we it's funny, we when uh cuz Caleb who plays keys with us is like uh, a lot more of the structured, you know, lots mm-hmm. of chords going through his mind and right. things and I and I I'm like that we could write a song with two chords. Yeah. You know, it's, yeah, it's dynamics and So we actually, I remember really early on, like Bellingham had that conversation. And he's like, you you know, I don't know if he said you can't, but he was basically like, you know, writing a song with two chords. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, you can. Yeah. And, you know, we have like, we have a song on our first record, Black Shoe, which is E and A, over and over. Oh, nice. But it's just like, it doesn't, I guess if you, maybe it's really obvious, but to me, I was like, it there's no rules to music. There's never any kind of like, it's, we're, we're really democratic, so it's like, best idea wins, but it's like, uh, uh, there's never any, if I've jammed with other people and there's like a, oh no, that sounds like reggae, and you're like, <laughs> yeah. it sounds cool though, yeah. doesn't it? And yeah, it's like, that part, once uh-huh. we just go into that part, and we're not a reggae band, so no one's gonna be confused, uh-huh. you know, it's like that. You know, bands I like, you know, so you listen to Built to Spill or something like they, they, they rock that shit. Like they'll go into those different grooves or.
0: And it happens naturally. Like this one time we were playing in Eastern Washington at this winery and the crowd was really into it and we were were having a good time. So we went into a jam at the end of the uh, set because it was clear that we could just go as long as we wanted. And it turned into a a total funk song, (laughs) like ridiculously funk. And, uh, afterwards, like we had a good time doing it. I said to the band, well, we'll probably never do that again, <laughs> you know, but the audience yeah. liked that. They don't care. Yeah. They were just happy that the show was going on, you know, still going. <laughs> and, uh, but you know, it's like you said, you can't really discriminate
1: what you're feeling in the moment people feel like apologetic for their feelings sometimes. Mm. And I think that has a lot to do with the whole cool thing. You know, they're mm. just like, you know, I, cause I remember I'd be like, uh, the word or like the jam band has like a lot of negative connotations, but, um, uh, we're ultimately a jam band when we're writing and playing and doing yeah. stuff. And, mm-hmm. And uh, I realized that I actually do like watching people jam if they're good jammers, like yeah, if they're yeah. not noodling, if they're not like just wanking uh-huh. it, like yeah. I really love seeing like you know people just get consumed in, into a song. But uh, I understand, yeah, like certain things will be like oh, I don't know if we can do that, or you know, just like these kind of self-imposed, and again, like there's no rules, so yeah, like there can. I don't have a problem if yeah, if you're like, eh, we don't, we shouldn't do that. But I think ultimately, like, I'm always, I'm, like, cautiously optimistic to everything. Mm-hmm. Like, any kind of, like, you know, th- theory for a song or even just life in general. Because I I just feel like, you know, oh, okay, I'm open to that. We don't know what the fuck's going on. Yeah. You know, like, maybe if I'm going to have a connection to this part and that's going to, like, give me goosebumps while we're playing then like it's not a bad idea it's a good well, thing
0: and and i've i i've noticed too like the things that i get kind of hesitant about because i feel like they're too cheesy they might evolve like don't be afraid of them if that's if the, that idea starts steamrolling like well, go with it mm-hmm. and decide later if it's cheesy but some of the cheesiest shit that, that i've almost stopped writing has turned into some of the best songs that i've
1: ever written sure yeah. I would have walked away from a lot of songs that people tell me who like our band that are like they they like that song and I was like that song only exists because Caleb heard it on a four track and I was like you should keep that and I was like mm, that's really simple and stupid and yeah. cheesy and it's you know there's like a, that song or we have a song called Night and Day that I I feel like people always want to hear it at shows and it's we jam a lot on that one yeah. at the end, but it's like, um, I don't even, I could have easily just thrown it away. Yeah. And, uh, cause I don't, you don't always hear like, you're just, every, all this stuff, you're kind of like, it's just coming out, you're playing, you're singing and you never, you don't necessarily go like, Oh, I just wrote something really great. You, know? it's like, <laughs> yeah. you just like, you just kind of feel like you're sucked over to one song and then yeah. you work on it and then you flow over to another one. And you don't always have like an outs- you know, outsider's point of view and that's why I always like producers or like people in the band, if they're I might hate a song that we're working on, but I'll I'll keep doing it if everyone's like, No, we hear what Yeah. We hear what's going on. Yeah. You know? Yeah, that's interesting. Maybe I don't and I'll try to get back there.
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. That's cool though, because um
0: I've been quite the opposite for many years and I think that's kind of, I'm, I'm starting to kind of go more like that, where it's like, I just kind of stay with something to see it through. Because yeah, you kind of have to. I mean, if you're going to put together a new fucking album, I mean, people don't realize like what a chore it is to write the 17 songs that it takes to make an album. And it does take 17 songs because you end up cutting five. Oh yeah.
1: <laughs> oh yeah cause and then and then even that like that's a funny conversation cause I've uh, I've had my favorite songs not go on the album uh, yeah and you're like and then like there's there's songs where I'm like I, I like this song but it doesn't seem to register yeah to people who like our band and they seem to like that one I'll play it it's fine but mm. I like the like the one with all the the dark chords and, and yeah like, that might be a little too too much of a bummer so I don't know yeah. like, are you
0: guys working on a new album now? Mhm. And are you uh still with
1: Art, or are you? Uh we don't have a, a contract with them. I don't we don't really have a a, a plan as, or um as far as that's concerned, we're just kind of uh like the first t- when we made our first record, uh-huh. we uh I think, like, the, like those people over there, like, you know, they kind of checked us out, and we're like, I don't know, and we kind of had to prove it, like, we had to, we just went and recorded the album, and then they got a hold of it, and they're like, oh, okay, you know, and I think our mentality right now is just, like, not being too focused and worried about uh, who's gonna put it out, or, you know, how it's gonna get out there, and just make, um, make something that we're really proud of, and that we can stand behind, and then share it a bit yeah and yeah. then just you know I, and I, that kind of turns the fire up because you know if you have someone uh just going like here's your money go make your record you know mm-hmm. there's something to be maybe not that you mean to but maybe uh subconsciously it's easier to be like oh we're good we're we're comfortable and um i like the uncomfortableness because it's like the challenge of being like this record has to be really good if someone's interested in, in putting it out and yeah. my my since our last record my world is drastically shifted away from you know where i was and uh um so it's kind of this, i feel like this renewal and wanting to just get back to like i'm focused on the record and then all the other stuff will figure it out or will fall will flow however it flows. yeah yeah like what like touring and all that junk yeah, yeah. Um, and I'm totally happy with not touring until the record's done. I have a mm-hmm. you know one year old, and I yeah I like I hate it's like again with the band culture like I don't I hate all the cliches I hate all the you know it's like you don't have to f- fall into these traps or you know it's like sorry honey daddy's a burnout you know but that's <laughs> that's how the good songs get made you know it's like I don't I don't like really buying any of that I think that was yeah. what people have done but there's also cases of wonderful records being made by present dads yeah me, you know moms so. yeah so i don't so i'm not in a big rush and i don't and like you know talking about the game or school you know of, of the music world like i don't feel this intense pressure of any of that other than just on myself and mm-hmm. with us to make a good record because um You never know what's going to happen, and, and, you know, to me, it's like, even starting the band, I thought um, I really didn't have, like, huge ambition for it, or I didn't necessarily lose, like, we're going to take over the world or Mm -hmm. something, Mm where, you know, I just thought people who relate to the kind of things I do or, like, like these kinds of songs might be drawn to it, but... And maybe that's why I get so frustrated, and I can be like, I fucking hate musicians or whatever, you know. Because I'm just like, <laughs> I don't really want to think about any of that other than just like, if we go into a studio or if we're in the basement, it feels like my happy place. And yeah, when there's other stuff, it just kind of bums me out. Like there's, or if it's like the, oh, you know, Pitchfork, or you know. <laughs> this thing or whatever and it's just like um it depresses me that that stuff matters at all to anybody or that people would make uh i've had i had someone tell me uh oh they didn't like your second record as much so you know i didn't really give it a chance and i was just like yeah you know people oh people really don't think for themselves because oh, i just yeah. assume it's all garbage <laughs> anyways i'm like i remember you know re- you go to those things and you just read it for like i'm like doesn't everyone just read it just to find out when the tours are but people yeah. do let that no shit. they do really let that shit in it's so and it's, it's some so 22 weird. year old kid who doesn't oh. know has never heard you know link ray or something you're just like what the fuck does that guy know well, it's weird too. Like when your friends will will like
0: see what you the the press you've been getting. Like I had a really good press year, last year, and and a buddy asked me, you know, how I was doing. We ran into each other at a show, and I said, "Good," you know, "All right." And he's like, "So you've been getting some really great press lately?" And I'm like, "Uh huh,
1: motherfucker."
0: No, but I mean, <laughs> yeah. he wasn't. He was. He was being cool about it. But he was kind of saying, you should be happy because you've been getting such good press. And I'm not, (laughs) that does not make you happy at all. Like, that is the most fleeting, you know, uh, excitement in the world. Like, it's gone as quick as it
1: came. The moment you find out, you're like, cool. Cool. So like a pat on the head and a cookie, and you're just like, "Oh, I did a good song." It doesn't even or last like... as
0: long as a cookie, exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's the pat. It's a pat on the head, and then you, and then you, the rest of your day is still just music and family. Oh well,
1: a lot of times because it's like it's probably someone who's like some scenester writer person who's like you know doing blow at the cha-cha and they're just like <laughs> so you're this right and like you know and we're gonna we're gonna take your picture and we're gonna do this and then uh and it just it's all a lot of it yeah it's just like nonsense or you, you know it's like "Ooh, this person ooh, these people like you or "Ooh, that person said that and you're just like especially if you meet them you know mm-hmm. you're mm-hmm. just like oh okay phew i don't mm-hmm. i don't care it's just yeah you. when you don't know you're just like random person on the internet you're like oh man what the fuck yeah. what's your deal and then but ultimately it's just like if you were to bump into him you'd be like oh whatever you're just a guy and that's not your thing and maybe you should have passed it off to someone who likes that thing i know uh, that's the thing i don't get like i hate wh- this music why but, would
0: you yeah. write about why would you write about this group if you hate it so much like i saw a, a show review and I'm not gonna name a publication, but you can guess which one. Strange. Where yeah, where they they said the worst things about this band. I mean, just ripped them apart. And I read it and I go, that girl is either a scorned ex girlfriend, because it was a girl writer. That's either a scorned ex girlfriend or somebody that in that band is her enemy. Because why else would she say such a... like I had residual, you know, empathy. <laughs> for a band I didn't even know because it was like it st- stuck with me how badly they ripped on
1: them and, and they're, tore them apart and there, a lot of times they're written by people who don't they're kind of cowardly because they don't actually ever really put themselves out there mm. and they just kind of and they don't really put a lot of effort I mean I, my a good example is my brother briefly worked for uh, the Seattle Weekly which mm-hmm. I don't have any opinion this way or that, but right. just to give an example, is like he was hired as a music writer because you know he had a degree. He's you know he's a funny guy and he he works at uh, like Jet City and that somehow he'd gotten this connection and they but they never met and they're just like write about this then he looked he's like I looked it up on MySpace and and he actually like one time he like found the wrong band and wrote a review or whatever, <laughs> but it's like it just seems like it's really half fast and it's yeah. like coming from people. Yeah, they might be like, I'm, um, you know, like, y- if y- you meet them, you're just like, oh, you're just a little snot that doesn't, like, actually do anything to- for the world other than, like, eat-, eat up all its resources and you're like, you know, it's like, I heard you guys are like this or you're a fuck band and, you know, like, they listen to whatever songs, you know, were in, if there was a song in heavy rotation, they heard that song a lot or, yeah. or you know, like, there is that weird kind of like, oh, this, cosmic americana or whatever whatever your or your your genre is and you're just like you're just vomiting you know what you googled and yeah you're, it's not really uh, not that I again like that you should over intellectualize it and I want you to like really do some soul searching but it just why I think it's so insignificant like there's a lot of really mm-hmm. You know, the, the local publications or whatever, when people write interesting pieces that are about anything other than like art, I'll oh, usually. Yeah, there's good like... writers at both the Seattle Weekly and The Stranger. But a lot of times, uh, I feel like there's very few times I've ever been. there's There's been times where I've been moved by an article that I read mm-hmm. that was like uh, music related, but it's, right. it's. And that's because it feels like this person did like just jump down this hole. Mm -hmm. But otherwise it's like, it's, it's what people, especially younger people, if they're, you know, heartbroken over any of that stuff, just remember they're just, it's like a quota. Yeah. And a lot of these people just don't give a fuck and they don't really think like a second thought about it. And they're just going on there and they're going, oh, God, here's this bullshit, you know? And you're yeah. just like, dude, eat a dick. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Call, you know, like, I'd love to sit down and talk to you about, you know, how full of shit you are. Yeah. And uh, and that I know people that know you, and I know you're full of shit when you're talking right now, and that you're actually a big cokehead. You right. Know, like, don't, you know, don't tell me that you're tired of all this shit, because your whole cool bullshit has been bumming me out the whole time I've been playing (laughs) and where it doesn't even you know it's like I read you know like this guy's book about the 70s punk and it's like I love all that shit but it's like you're stuck you're romanticizing Mm. it's like let's move on and you know you could say oh he's playing this music from another era but it's like uh, to me it's just it's rock and roll and rock and roll encapsulates a lot and um it's not, you know, it's, it's very present when you're singing about what you're experiencing and, and that like, you know, they were doing it a long time before the, the Beatles were doing that kind of thing. And these things just kind of morph and have different little, uh, changes, but it's just easy if you're just like this lazy music writer to be like, this generally sounds like this and I don't like it. And I'm just going to say, Bleh, yeah, to all of that. And you're yeah. like. I'm trying to make a I'm I'm not asking you to kiss my ass. I'm just, yeah. you know, give it to someone who like is like into that shit. Let them make their own kind of like Yeah, if you're you if know. you're going to be a if, if you're going to be a bitch, why not just be a bitch about
0: and I don't mean <laughs> gender, you know, specific, but I'm just like if you're going to be a bitch, why not just be a bitch about it to your friends and write up a short uh description of the music and let people uh, let others do the judging themselves. I mean, the only thing we want press for as musicians is to get people to our shows and to sell records. Yeah. You know, and we don't need a middleman. You know, a, 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 if the press doesn't need to be the, you know a We
1: don't need you to tell them what music is. Yeah. You know, or like or this yeah. kind of it's just like I get, I know I mean, it's like, it's, it's kind of a weird gray area because it's, it's like, I get what its purpose is and I get why it's, it's there. But I also, at the same time, I just, I feel like they're, they, they write it like, you know, like you've never heard music before. Uh, <laughs> I remember we put out our second record and there was uh this weird guy in the Seattle Times, which I actually started to really like him because yeah. he would, uh, he was a commenter and he yeah. was, he hated us. Uh-huh. His name was Jim. And I started, like, kind of loving how, like, he would write essays about, like, what a bunch of shit we were. Really? Yeah. And, uh, in fact, and I never really knew the, the Robin from the Flea Foxes, but he was, he was one of those guys who's really obsessed, I felt like, with the whole thing, like, going uh-huh. on the comment boards and all that. And, um, he was defending us, and I thought, I was like, oh, cool, that's, that's really rad. But I also wanted to be like, dude, don't worry. Like, who gives a yeah. shit? Yeah. And, um, then they posted a second song months later from the record and the guy's like, Oh, this is pretty cool. I was like, we got Jim. Jim <laughs> likes it. But then I was like, Jim hated one song but he wrote essays about how what a pile of shit we are uh-huh. because he didn't like one song because oh, Crosby Stills, and Nash own harmonies or whatever, you know, like <laughs> who I don't even really like I never really worshipped and I'm right, like yeah. everyone's like, You guys are like C S N and it's like you heard of the uh, Dillards, and I don't, know, I don't <laughs> fucking give a shit about them that much. Like, um, they're cool. They have some great shit, but yeah, like, they're hard you know. to like like wholly. You well, know. And we did this thing last year, and we met them. And uh, Nash is nice, but fuck David Crosby and Stephen Stills. Really? Yeah. I heard fuck Stills them. Is an asshole. They're well. I mean, they're just so far up their own butts. It's yeah. And it's like the whole. I mean, I figured. I read that Neil Young uh, biography, and I figured Stephen Stills was it. A shithead, but uh David Crosby was just so like it was a thing for the kids and he was just so like condescending. He's like oh it's for the kids to like people and um and like I like I can't really like Steven Stills, my sister was in the elevator with him and my mom and she goes, My mom's one of your biggest fans. She saw him in like sixty nine. Yeah. She he looks at her and he turns his all the way around, turns his back to her. In this elevator, it's totally yeah. quiet and he yeah. doesn't say anything, and I'm just like I was recording That's... in this studio in LA where they they had just the
0: engineer had just gotten done with a, a session or stills and he said he was like the worst he was so excited to work with him and then he said he's like the worst fucking human being he's ever had to big kill. babies yeah
1: and I, I think they're so important like they're just like they really do we yeah. changed the world but it was like yeah. no you fucked it up because you had something going <laughs> then you got up your own ass with your blow your booger uh, sugar and your whatever uh-huh. and then you fucked it up because you guys couldn't get... Rec- you know, it was like, they... I, you know, I totally... It's like, Neil Young's always ditching on I was like, of course, because he's having to hang out with all these babies who are like, I'd rather, you know, pretend that I give a shit. Like, you know. Yeah. Oh, it's for peace or whatever. And then it's just like... And, and I'm sure they've done tons market, of yeah. benefits and done great sure. right things, but um, I just think they're A lot of that... The 60s thing, it was like, everyone's like, it was so radical and things were different. And I felt like... um why don't we have that again and then just, like, let it ride and actually give a shit rather than being, like, you know, pretend that it wasn't a total um, failure in a lot yeah. of ways because it was, like, oh uh, things people were, like, oh, actually, I like, you know, getting fucked up rather than, you know, caring, you know.
0: Well, and very, very often music that is, like, seen as, like, changing the world or something like a group, like, that big, no, you're not you're just creating a soundtrack for it for a decade yeah. that's They're awesome Bill and Ted. enjoy that actually, enjoy being you know the the director of the movie you know but they want to be the fate you know they want to be seen as
1: the face on the the academy award yeah you know? <laughs> yeah like and they want to i mean they ultimately want to become what they are against and hate it's just right like a, it's, yeah it's like a twilight zone like that <laughs> like, well, when do you when do you think your album's gonna be done? Um, I don't know. We're 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 kind of doing it. Normally we do. We would do like big chunks, mm-hmm. but uh, or just knock it out. But this one we are a lot more. I mean, piecing it together. Yeah, because a part of me, there's a lot of different kinds of songs, and there's like a, a lot more. There's a lot of like kind of twangy stuff from like the first album era but there's all this also this kind of jammy stony kind of stuff and it's just deciding whether or not first of all i think we kind of make i think we could do a double record and i kind of am mulling that over and intrigued by it because i think it'd be kind of fun just putting all this stuff out i don't want to get too where are you recording we we mostly record in our in our basement we have a, a good setup but we, we're just kind of pushing that as far as we can go with it and mm-hmm. seeing, like, you know, if we could record it here and then go see if we mix it at Bear Creek or something, will it sound whatever. And We actually had our first day where we just recorded a couple songs on Thursday at Bear Creek, and we were like... It just sounded really good right away yeah. to, to us, and so we were kind of starting to lean that way, but it's just... When you don't have a label, you know, you're just... yeah that's oh, I why know. we're like we might have to just do it half of ourselves and then see if anyone's interested yeah
0: I, I actually need to get around to that myself right now yeah because we have half our record done and in order to complete it it's either going to be like wait a couple months till we got some money saved up for it or see if a label is ready to pick it up now you know and finish it that way but yeah because it's kind of kind of sucks yeah, you're, I,
1: you're looking here like, ah, oh, this isn't. You just, I mean, the first record, I remember I borrowed money and I don't really want to do that again. Yeah. And then, yeah, me that too. stuff, that's, yeah, people don't really like. You can do a lot on your own nowadays, but I, I yeah. still think that uh, I like the. I love being in a studio and the creation of the environment and like yeah. the happy accidents and the just environment of. You know, you just, you get down to work, you know. Yeah. I get,
0: yeah, I I, I could go on another hour about studios, but I had to learn to love it. I didn't, I had a lot of anxiety initially going into working in studios. So so. you don't want to lose anything? Yeah. Yeah. And then now I'm, I had kind of, I've been through the fire. I've been through the good times and I've been through the really bad. So I'm not afraid of anything and I've just kind of learned to love it. I'm definitely more of a it doesn't matter I've already talked about it on the show before <laughs> this is this was this was about you and, and and you did a great job so thank you so much for,
1: for yeah being I here. feel like I just kind of uh, got some of my uh, bitching out no it was better, good like, I enjoyed so that that's a negative a. I generally am me... a little more
0: you oh, made me laugh a and... lot more than
1: I thought <laughs>
0: to our artists like Kevin's The Moondoggies and the music description section of this podcast as well as on our Twitter page which has the handle at right behind us spelled with a W go support and help make music profitable again so you can hear more from these talented artists you can find pics of our guests on my Instagram just look up BD and the Sheiks thanks for listening remember to subscribe on your podcast app and write a review 4 to 5 stars is what we're aiming for so Help us do that, and I'll keep bringing you more episodes with incredible talents. With that, I'll say, until the next episode.